the Woodside Church Podcast. Hello everyone. My name is Ensign. As you know, we have been going through a difficult period of late. The pandemic has thrown up many challenges. We are learning new things all the time. And one of this is learning to video oneself while speaking. And fortunately for me, it is teamwork. And I'm supported today by my lovely wife, Sunu, and son, Zach. Thank you so much, guys, for helping me in this. As you know, we are continuing with our series, Fan the Flames, Exhortations from 2 Timothy. Tim kick-started the series last week, and my topic today is Unchained Witness. As you know, 2 Timothy is one of Apostle Paul's prison epistles, and it is ironic that he's speaking this way when he himself is in chains for the sake of the gospel. What I'm sharing with you today is something very close to my heart, something that is part of my daily life. So let's look at the key verse, verse 8. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord. The word testify means to give evidence. And in this case, it is to give evidence about Jesus or speak about Jesus and make him known. So the first question that we need to ask ourselves is, why does Apostle Paul say, do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord? What do you think? Are you ashamed of talking about Jesus with your friends and colleagues? If we are ashamed, why are we ashamed? Let us look and see why this is the case. In the society that we live in, people with faith in Jesus is a minority. The majority either don't care about faith or sometimes look down upon faith or think it's a waste of time and is of no value. Some would even go to the extent of ridiculing and even thinking that we are weak and even call us fundamentalists. Having faith in Jesus is certainly not the popular view. To make matters worse, most of the people in this majority category are our friends, work colleagues, and even family members. So there is a real risk of becoming marginalized, isolated, and becoming a laughingstock. As a result of this, we develop a fear of sharing the faith. The Bible calls it a spirit of timidity. So because of this, we might think that we don't know what to say. And we certainly don't want to look stupid. There is a lack of confidence in God. And I might think, I have to make this happen. It's all about my ability to persuade. What if I make a mistake or say something wrong? And certainly our past mistakes put us off. And the end result is that we end up blending in with the crowd or with the majority. We blend in with popular culture. We hold back from witnessing or testifying or talking about Jesus and our faith. Our faith becomes chained, bottled up, and kept hidden within us. Apostle Paul addresses this issue in the previous verse, in verse 7. He says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, 
of love and of self-discipline. He says again in, uh, in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. In the letter to Ephesians chapter 1, he says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And in verse 19, he says, I pray that you would know his incomparably great power for us who believe. So my friends, it's not that we forget who we are or what has happened to us. The fact is, we fail to understand the significance of who of who has come to live within us and his power that is at work within us. So it's not a lack of knowledge, but it's a lack of realization. It's a lack of realization and this affects us significantly. So from time to time, we need to press the reset button. We are busy people living modern lives. I certainly am. And many of you know that I'm a physician and um, I'm, I'm a busy man. And there's a tendency to lose focus of the important things in life. And what do I mean by pressing the reset button? You know, we press the reset button when we spend personal time with God. And for a busy man like me, this happens for me almost on a daily basis. So when I meditate on the word, I think about this king, this God. And sometimes I may have to go outside and look at the sun, look at the moon, look at the stars, look at the plants, look at the animals and look at myself. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And to think about this God who created all these things of his great love for me and of what he has done for me on the cross. And he has come to live within me, made me a temple of the living God. And he has come to live within me 24 seven, not just for a short period, but you know, forever. This changes everything. This changes everything. And I am on solid ground. My friends, so you two are special. You two are royalty. And you too are on solid ground because you have this blessing in your life. You have probably heard me say this many times. The greatest miracle and the greatest blessing that has happened in my life and your life is that the king of this universe, our God, has come to live within us and be with us 24-7 all the days of our life. Hallelujah. Apostle John, when speaking about this in 1 John chapter 3, says like this, Beloved, we are now children of God, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when Christ appears, we will be like him, for we will see him <clears throat> as he is. And everyone who has his hope in him purifies himself just as Christ is pure. You see, when we know this reality, we know we are different. <clears throat> we hold our head up high and we will not be shaken. Timidity and fear will go away. We stand on solid ground.
So that finishes the first part. Now let's go into the second part. So the second question we need to ask ourselves is, how can we witness? How can we testify or talk about our God and our faith? So Apostle Paul says in the fourth chapter of 2 Timothy, verse 2, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. So the question is, what should we preach? How can I be ready in season and out of season? So point one is teamwork. When Tim uh, spoke about this uh, last week, he spoke about fanning into flames the gift of God, which is within you. You see, my friends, the Holy Spirit of God is within you and me. A light is within you and me. And life is within you and me. Jesus speaking about this in John chapter 15 says like this, when the counselor comes, the counselor is referring to the Holy Spirit. When the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me and you also must testify. And then in Matthew 28, he says like this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He says, all authority has been given to me and I am with you always to the very end of the age. So as you see, it's all about teamwork. God has never asked us to do anything on our own. It is only we who feel that way, that we are alone. And it's because of a lack of understanding of the reality of things. The Holy Spirit is always revealing Jesus. And when we partner with him, we can do the same. It's all about teamwork. So what is the second point? The second point is that God has appointed us to be ambassadors, each one of us, each one of us, each one of you listening to me, God has appointed us to be ambassadors of Christ. And he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Apostle Paul speaking about this in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, says like this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God was making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So you see, my friends, we are not sharing our idea. It's not our idea. It is God who has appointed each one of us as his ambassadors and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And what is this ministry? 
This ministry is when you and me go to someone and tell the good news. The good news that God has opened a new and living way for each one of us to come into his presence. And when they come, when they put their trust in Jesus, and, you know, when they do that, God would, you know, make that person his child, his son, his daughter, and he becomes, you know, a member of God's household. And that is the ministry. That is a ministry of reconciliation. People who are far away from God have been brought near into the presence of God. People who are enemies of God have been brought near, reconciled. And that is a ministry. You see, we don't force anyone to accept our faith. We are making this appeal on God's behalf. We are saying, be reconciled. Come and see. We are imploring everyone to explore God and experience it for themselves. We are saying it with grace and humility. You see, my friends, there is no schematic way. There is no formula. It's all about being sensitive and having the right attitude. We are asked to walk with someone as they go through their spiritual journey, being patient, giving them time, and never forcing anyone. It's not about my ability to persuade. It is God who brings the revelation. We just keep sowing the seed. As my good friend Isaac, who is no more, you know, kept on saying, it's all about sowing the seed, my brother. So it doesn't matter if I say something wrong or make a mistake. In fact, all of us make mistakes. Remember, Jesus entrusted this ministry to ordinary people, but empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now, it may so happen when we share the gospel, someone might respond by telling us to get lost. But that is okay. So this person may be a very negative person. And it may be that, you know, he has got a negative factor of, let's say, minus 10. And we may have moved him from negative 10 to negative 5. And then someone comes along uh, a few years down the line and helps him move from negative five to negative two. And so it goes. Our job is to sow the seed. The fruit will come later. And sometimes we may never see it. On, and then there may be another occasion where someone might tell us off and take offense when we share our faith. This might put us off. Think about you know, this, you know, like this. Now we are in, in a pandemic situation. You know, COVID-19 is rampant. And imagine I, as a physician, find a cure for COVID-19 and then decide not to share it with anyone. I just keep it for myself and my family. And that this becomes public knowledge two or three years down the line. How would the world look at me? They would say that I'm vile, I'm wicked, I'm a selfish person. So you see, my friends, what we are sharing is not a historical curiosity or a bedtime story. What we have is more precious than treatment for COVID. What we have is more precious than treatment for cancer. What we have will bring eternal life for everyone in this world. We do not use deception. We do not distort the word of God, but we set forth the truth plainly. Salvation is not our work, but it is his work. 
And if we do this, then we are ready, we are prepared. Of course, we take time to learn the Word of God on a daily basis and to help us. We have teachings in the church. We have discussions in community group settings. We have various literature, books, online resources, and all of those things. Maybe we can get alongside someone who is a bit more experienced and learn from him or her. Now, let me share a few real-life examples from my life. Uh, a few months ago, I was in the endoscopy unit. This is where we put cameras into patients' lungs and take biopsies and everything. And when I was in this endoscopy unit one day, I saw two nurses discussing the Bible. And I knew from beforehand that they were JWs, Jehovah's Witnesses. So I expressed an interest in their conversation. I got alongside them and uh, we shared a few things. And then we shared a few things over the next few days. And then nothing happened. I didn't meet them for a little while. And then one day I bumped into them again. And then I told them, look, uh, you know, we had had this, you know, we kickstarted this conversation, but uh, we never, uh, you know, uh, took this any further. It would have been nice if we could have, you know, you know, you know, if you had the time to sit over a meal and, you know, take this conversation further. And they said, you know, that is not an issue. You know, and we know that we are in a lockdown situation, so maybe we can have this discussion over Zoom. And I said, that would be a great idea. And we met over Zoom on a Wednesday evening and we chatted for two, two and a half hours. And at the end, they said, are you free to come again next week for another discussion? And I said, we are ready. You know, when we say we, you know, I'm always with my wife, Sunu, it's teamwork, as I said. And uh, so we said, yes, we are ready. And this went on week after week after week and the conversation continues. So we are getting alongside these guys and helping them on their spiritual journey. Now, on another occasion, this happened just a few weeks ago, we invited our neighbors for a meal. And uh, we had already shared the gospel with a father and mother uh, in that household. And so that day they came with their daughter and son-in-law and the children. And during the meal, so I was sitting over the meal and I'm thinking, Okay, this is just a normal evening, just a, you know, a simple, you know, friendly time. And I was relaxed. And then over the meal, the son-in-law said, you know, I want to ask you something. And this, you know, feels, you know, really stupid. But I, I really feel I want to ask you, you know, this question. And I encourage him to ask. And he said, during this lockdown period, I've been thinking a lot about gravity, and I'm thinking, how can this thing called gravity that we are suspended in space and all of those things just, you know, happen out of nothing? And I encouraged him. I told him, look, you know, I, I encouraged him to ask all sorts of questions. We had a fantastic time of discussion. And I told him, look, you explore God and uh, you ask me all sorts of questions and I will help you. And then when you have enough information, then you decide what to do with it. I gave him some, um, you know, a couple of uh, yeah, bits of information to take home and, and, and read. I also spoke about investigative journalism, the power and importance of investigative journalism. I spoke to him about a guy called Lee Strobel, who was an unbeliever, and he set out to destroy the Christian faith. 
and ultimately ended up becoming a Christian. I spoke about his book, A Case for Christ. I told him a movie by that name is available on Amazon Prime. And he told me that he's going to watch that movie with his wife that evening. And so this is how it is. You know, we get alongside people and we have these conversations. We encourage people to explore God and see it for themselves, experience it for themselves. In my own department, there are frequently opportunities for conversations with my secretaries, with the doctors, with the nurses. And it's always it's teamwork with the Holy Spirit and with my lovely wife, Sunu. People know who we are and what we stand for. And then the third point is think small. It's the biggest problem we face today is thinking big. It's all about mega church, mega worship team, mega meetings. We are not happy with small growth, but we are fixated on this mega growth. You see, Jesus never taught anything like this. He said things like, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. My friends, are you happy with one person getting saved? You know, uh, uh, I've had the good fortune of leading many to Christ. And each time one person puts their trust in God, once puts their faith in Jesus, I'm super excited. I'm over the moon. It's as if I have conquered the world. And I keep telling Sunu, it's, you know, just one person, just one person. If only one person in a turn to God, that would be wonderful. That would be fantastic. Just imagine, my friends, we are around 450 or 500 people in the church. Just imagine we have a few people with whom we have been sharing the word of God for a few years. And if one of them, if one of them put their trust in Jesus, just imagine the growth that would happen in our church. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus taught that the kingdom of God is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in, into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. You see, the kingdom of God starts with humble beginnings and it works silently, invisibly. No big fanfare, but gradually, steadily, it brings about a huge change that becomes evident to all. So in concluding, what is it that we preach? It's all about Jesus. What are we ashamed why are we ashamed and why are we timid? Because we don't realize that the king is with us 24-7. How can we become effective witnesses? It's when we partner with the Holy Spirit of God who is within us. And finally, think small like the yeast. We may be insignificant and may not have much physical resource or ability, but we have supernatural power within us which is more than sufficient to make us effective witnesses. So this is how I pray. And maybe you could pray like this if you choose to. I pray, dear God, light is within me. Let it shine out of me that wherever I go, darkness will go and light will come. Dear God, your life is within me. Let it flow out of me unceasingly like a spring of living water bringing life wherever there is death. Dear God, you are within me. Reveal yourself to everyone that I come in contact with 
so that they will become your children and become part of your household. Dear God, I want to be a blessing to many so that they will also have the blessing that I have. So church, if you keep on praying and longing this way, we will become unchained witnesses of Jesus in the community that we are called to be in. Then we will be unleashing the full power of the gospel that is able to save many. God bless you and have a lovely week. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.